Hey everyone, thank you for checking out Reach Radio Live, a part of the Reach Evangelism Network, which exists to assist the local church in the urgent and too often neglected work of evangelism and community outreach. This is the iTunes version that you can listen anytime, anywhere. Please note that this is not a live feed, but you can join the experience on Facebook by joining our page, Reach Radio Live. The broadcast streams live Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Central. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Reach Radio Podcast. You can listen anytime, anywhere by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. If you have an Android device, you can listen by downloading any podcasting app and simply searching for Reach Radio. If you think it couldn't get any better than this, it can by joining us Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Central. And be a part of our live audience. Participate in daily Bible trivia, win cool prizes, and join the discussion in the comments section. All that brought to you free by just liking our Facebook page, Reach Radio Live. Just want to take a minute to say hello and welcome to our live listening audience now on live stream. Make sure you check us out on our website, which is reachmycity.com. All right. I'm here. You're here. We're here. Let's start the show. You're now locked in to the Reach Radio Podcast, inspiring and training believers to fulfill the Great Commission. Here's your host, Johnny Gaston. All right. Thank you guys for joining me. I see you guys popping on here. Very excited to have you tonight. And it's going to be a good Tuesday night podcast. We're going to be talking tonight about um, just making ourselves available for God. And uh, we're going to be kind of talking about what we did last Friday night. But make sure you remember that we do have a Bible trivia every single weekday night. We're here Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. And so anyway, we're going to have some Bible trivia. So make sure you get ready for that. Uh, even if you have to Google the answer, there is no shame in your game. I just need a winner. So tonight we have a great prize. It's going to be the movie The Atheist Delusion, which has been seen by hundreds of thousands of people on YouTube. You're going to get the hard copy of that. The Atheist Delusion, it's one scientific question that destroys atheism. So anyway, hopefully that gets you excited for that. And there's also going to be a surprise prize. Renee, thank you for joining us in. And uh, Mary Ann, William, Rachel, you guys, thanks for coming in here. We're going to be um, doing that Bible trivia at the end, and so make sure you stick around for that, as well as I got a great announcement. Um, recently, I got the opportunity to baptize um, a guy who was an ex atheist. He had recently received Christ and um, I got to go down and baptize him and his daughter and his son and he recently started going to church. We're going to get to hear his whole story on Thursday, Thursday evening at 6 p.m. We'll have an interview with him and uh, talk about his conversion and how he came to Christ, how he was delivered from uh, depression and all kinds of things. So I hope you'll join us for that. Hey, Evan, thank you for joining in here. So anyway, let's get started tonight. I'm going to give you a, uh, just kind of a storyline to get us started tonight. If you don't follow my blog, if you like to read blogs, um, I post it Monday through Friday, usually in the morning times. You can find that by going to our Facebook page, which is Reach My City. Go ahead and like that page, and you can get my blog every day. So imagine this real quick. A lighthouse keeper gained a reputation of being a very kind man. He would give free fuel to ships 
that miscalculated their amount of fuel needed to reach their destination port. One night during a storm, lightning struck the lighthouse and put out the light. He immediately turned his generator on, but soon ran out of fuel. Why? Because he had been given his reserves to passing ships. During the dark night, sadly, a ship struck the rocks and many lives were lost. At the lighthouse keeper's trial, the judge knew of his reputation of being a kind man. And the judge wept as he had to pass sentence. He charged the lighthouse keeper of neglecting his primary responsibility. What was that? To keep the light shining. The church can often so be caught up with legitimate acts of kindness, standing for political right, righteousness, reaching um, out for the hungry, and etc. But our primary task is to warn sinners of their danger. We are to keep the light of the gospel shining so that sinners can avoid the jagged edge rocks of wrath and escape being eternally damned. Imagine seeing a group of fighter fighters polishing their engine outside a burning building with people trapped on the top floor window. Obviously, there is nothing wrong with cleaning a fire engine, but not while people are trapped in a burning building. Instead of ignoring the cries, the firefighters should have an urgency about them. They, they, they shouldn't just stand around cleaning a fire engine. That's the kind of spirit that we should have behind the task of evangelism. Yet according to Bill Bright and the Campus Crusade for Christ, 2 to 3% of all believers in America regularly share their faith with others. That means 98% of the professing body of Christ is lukewarm when it comes to obeying the Great Commission. That is a, is a very sad thing to think about, but think about how true that is. We should have an urgency about the people on the outside of the walls of our church, but yet uh, many of us are involved with so many tasks inside the church, it's almost like the church becomes, um, you know, it is a rescue boat, and we all understand that, but we're so busy polishing the brass inside of the rescue boat rather than being concerned about the ones who are drowning outside the rescue boat. The Bible says, Go therefore into all the world, preach the gospel to the whole of creation. Why? Because the Bible says that all of creation stands condemned before God. God has passed the death sentence on us because we've sinned, we violated His law. None is good. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3. So the Great Commission stands screaming at us from our Bibles. Our dusty Bibles on the shelf are screaming at us the fate of the ungodly. And they're their cries, we're, we're just ignoring them as we're continuing to go to church. And I know how it is, guys. Um, it's easy to become, uh, you know, just in a, in a routine of going to church, clocking in, and then listening to the preaching, uh, enjoying good worship, uh, you know, maybe going to Sunday school, tithing, whatever you do, your commitment to Christ right now. And then what happens is when we leave that service, we clock out. It's like we clock out and we no longer think about the Great Commission, the church, what we're supposed to be doing as a church. And so that's why Reach Radio exists. That's why Reach Evangelism Network exists, is because we want to come alongside the local church to change that. We're trying to change that number I read to you earlier. Uh, hey guys, thanks for coming on here. Gina and Weston and Khalil and Terry, I really appreciate you coming on here. Listen to this, 2 to 3% of all believers share their faith regularly. That means 98% of the church are lukewarm to the Great Commission. I want to change that number. 
That number should be flopped. It should be 98% regularly share their faith and 2 or 3% we need to wake up. But obviously it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's just, it breaks my heart to think about how many people uh, we need on the front lines. We need to, to start beginning to say, hey, I have a part in this. I'm supposed to be touching the world for Christ. And so the truth of the matter is um, we should be living in a way that we realize that the world is waiting for the gospel. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, right? But the labors are few. So then he says, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest will thrust forth the workers into the harvest field. So here's my question tonight. It was my question last night. I'm going to be actually commenting a little bit um, on some of the things that was spoken of last night. So I'm going to get that here. And I'm going to share with you a quick story. Uh, it's a testimony actually that happened today. And this stuff happens all the time, guys. This is just a really awesome testimony. Saxon, thanks for coming on here, Pastor. Okay, so... Today I talked to Christopher. This is a guy that I'm going to be interviewing Thursday. He was uh, an atheist and he, he gave his life to Christ, or yet God saved him and uh, del delivered him from depression and all kinds of things. Well, today, this morning, he just sent me a random message uh, via Facebook Messenger and he said, he said, Johnny, it is so sad to me. I just realized how many Christians were being persecuted even in our day right now, being persecuted to the point of losing their lives and, uh, and so I, I just commented back and I said, yeah, man, that, there's no doubt in that. But it also solidifies and validates the gospel. It shows that people have died for this cause. That this is not, I mean, I don't hear, you don't hear nobody dying for fairy tales, right? Standing up for, for a lie and, 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 and defending it even to the point of death. There has been um, incredible reports of, of men of God preaching the gospel and someone putting a, the muzzle of a gun in their mouth and yet they still sit there and proclaim the gospel while there's a muzzle of the gun in their mouth. Guys, there is a power to this gospel there, there, that people will stand and be burned at the stake and continue to preach as their flesh begins to burn. Guys, this is incredible that we could be worried about our own fate of what is that in America, maybe being rejected, um, you know, maybe just being rejected and someone saying, hey, you're an idiot, don't, tell, don't talk to me about the gospel, and yet people are being burned at the stake, and we're scared of just someone rejecting us. It's crazy, guys. Think about it. All right, so moving on here, I, I, in, immediately in my mind as he uh, began to tell me that, I thought to myself, I need to, I need to get him to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. And then I had another thought. Um, basically, the same style book. It's called Jesus Freaks by DC Talk. And it, uh, what it does is it has stories, real-life stories, down through the ages. Even the apostles, um, the, the prophets, uh, it's listed about how they died, how they stood for Christ. And um, uh, people during the Soviet Union, uh, different time periods. And it has these lists. It has short stories of these people standing for Christ that would not... Uh, reject the gospel, and they died for it. And so these these stories, uh, you know, you can actually look at it, the persecuted church. Um, there are many different magazines you can pick up. Actually, there's one called um, The Voice of the Martyrs. And so anyway, in my mind, as I was uh, thinking about what he sent me, I thought to myself, I need to send him that he needs to read the book Jesus Freaks. And I thought in my, in my mind that, but I didn't actually tell him. And so next thing you know, he sends me hours later in the day. This was just happening today. Hours later, he literally sends me a picture of the book, Jesus Freaks. And I'm, by the way, here's Christopher right now. Chris, I'm actually telling your story. <laughs> so anyway, um, Christopher sends me the, the picture of this book. And I'm like, how 
did this happen? I did not mention the book to him. And, and listen, here's the story. He goes into the library. His, uh, I think his mother-in-law actually decided to go to the library and take his kids. And usually his wife goes in, but he actually this time went in. He goes in, and the first book he saw was that book. Now how, out of all the millions and millions of books printed, he saw that one book out of all those books in that library, and it was even on sales, like a dollar thing. And he picked it up, and he, he, uh, he Facebook messaged me back, and he said, Hey, man, I just want to see if this is a good read. Tell me if I should read this. And I was like, I just blown away, guys. You can, ima- <laughs> you can imagine how I felt at that moment. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Oh, man, got to have my coffee, guys. All right, so if that's not amazing to you guys, I was just praising the Lord. My mouth was on the ground to think about that. But, guys, that's the same amount of, uh, of power that God has uh, you know, in, in, in the reaching of the law. So you think that God... Could, could, could do the same thing in reaching the loss? Yes. I cannot tell you how many times I stepped out and it was, you know, I felt, you know, fearful and I stepped out saying, I'm going to witness to this person, even though I was fearful. And I stepped out and then that person would tell me about how they had begun to contemplate suicide and they actually began to pray and say, God, uh, if you're real, save me, help me with this depression or help me from this situation. And, and then God would send me to that person to, to answer that call, basically, to be a representative. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21, that we're ambassadors, representatives of Christ, representatives of the church. Hey, Sarah, thank you for coming on here. Uh, and Carolyn, appreciate you guys joining me here. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm telling a story about how we should have an urgency about us. I gave a, a, an analogy you might want to listen back to if you didn't catch it in the beginning, or you might want to catch us on iTunes if you have an Apple product. Just simply search for podcast, search Reach Ready, and you'll find us there. Or if you have an Android device, you can download the Podbean app. Um, there's other po- uh, podcast apps you can download. Just search for Reach Radio. But how can you make yourself available for God? Uh, I want to answer some, some things that was uh, actually mentioned on a, on a podcast uh, yesterday, so I'm going there now to uh, to read them, and then we're going to uh, kind of address those things. If you have questions for me now, anything that I've already talked about, then please comment down beneath. That's why we do this live, is so we can talk together. So how was your day, guys? Let me know how your day was. Where are you listening from? What are you doing right now? Where are you at? Okay, here's one of them. This is from Christy. She said, this is a Pasco woman, which... Uh, a pas- the Pasco house is in Mobile here. It's uh, for, for women and men who've struggled with addiction. And uh, the question yesterday I posed was, what holds us back? What is the thing that holds us back from being a witness for Christ, for, being, for making ourselves available for God? And she said this, we think it's, it's thinking that the world will prejudge us with a stigma of addiction that holds us back that the world won't see us the way that God does. Uh, Christy, that could, could not be further from the truth. As far as I have witnessed, I, I think that when people step out and they look like they've had a hard past, they look like they've been, um, you know, maybe have dealt with drugs, a lot of times you can, you can see on a person's face if they've dealt with, uh, especially cocaine, uh, meth, it, it, it will just not distort their face, but you can see, I have a buddy of mine who, who did drugs for a while, and you can see his face, there's something, it almost looks like it, it made his face look a little bit older, you know, and, and you can kind of see that. 
you know, people with tattoos that are visible, all those kinds of things, you know, yeah, people might look at you and prejudge you like, man, you got a pass or you've dealt with drugs or whatever. But I promise you this, the moment you step out and begin to speak about Christ with someone, they'll immediately know and immediately recognize this person is legit. This person's telling me something. They, they didn't just grow up in a church. This person didn't grow up in just a, a nice family or a nice environment. Or, or, or maybe this person uh, you know, had, had a real experience. I want to know this person's story because this is not like your typical tie-wearing like church going, this dude right here, I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear his story. I think that it's, it might be even more intriguing uh, for a person, because I know when I see someone that has, you know, tattoo sleeves and, uh, you know, uh, tear drops on their face, I'm like, if they're talking about Jesus, I want to hear their story. And so that could be something you can think about. Think about the opposite, you know, from their response. Um, I witnessed to probably about, I would say, a hundred people in the midst of, let's say, three weeks. I go to South Alabama campus. I try to every week. Sometimes I, I, I'm not able to because of the busy, uh, busyness of life. But uh, while I'm there, I'm at the student center. And it's kind of like a revolving door there. Sarah's online here. Uh, she knows how that is. It's like people are waiting for this thing called the, ja the Jagtran. And so what happens is the Jagtran comes up, unloads about 20 uh, college students, and then they disperse. And I, I speak to about um, 15 to 20 individuals on a one-on-one -on -one basis there probably every time I go. And so, amen, uh, representing USA. Um, and so when I'm there, uh, I speak to about 20 people, and so that's every week. And then I go to the rest area during my lunch on a break. I work at State Farm um, right here in Grand Bay area. And the rest area here at Alabama, uh, rest area, is just 10 minutes from my job. And so I get my wife to pack my lunch for me. And I got an awesome wife that will do that for me. And then I, 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 I leave, I pray, and I have tracks, gospel tracks ready to hand out. And I go to the rest area um, to, to speak with people. And in a month's time, I'll probably at least on my own speak to at least about 100 people. And then what about all those gospel tracks I pass out? I mean... Thousands of gospel tracts we disperse, we distribute, um, our team does. And so, in the midst of all those people, guys, I might get rejected maybe three times. Maybe. Maybe three times. Sometimes it's a little bit more. And what I mean by all that is, it's rare. It's a rare occasion that I get rejected. And it, sometimes it's, it's how you approach someone. So, that brings me to my next uh, thought. is how, how do you approach a stranger to share the gospel? Because that's a part of making yourself available for God. It's answering Jesus' call. Uh, what do he say? Go into the world, right? So a lot of people in the world are not connected to a Christian. So that they can... I mean, think about this. A lot of people are like, well, if I'm going to share the gospel, I need to have a relationship with someone first, right? I'm going to have to earn the right to be heard. Well, think about this. If I really care about the fate of the ungodly, and I know that they could die tonight or even today, even in the next hour, the numbers are shocking. A hundred, it's over 150,000 people die every 24-hour period. That's, that's intense, guys. And if I know that they could die today, tonight, then that will give me the compassion to kind of take myself out of the equation and my thoughts. Because that's what's going to hurt you when it, when it takes, when you want to step out, and it doesn't matter if it's a stranger if it's your family, if it's your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your, your classmates, your, your teammates, it, no matter what scenario you find yourself in, uh, whether it be at a college campus, Sarah, 
Um, fear is going to be what holds you back. Let me give you this great quote from uh, Ray Comfort, a New Zealand evangelist. He says this. He says, in regards to sharing your faith, don't pray for less fear. Pray for more love. Amen? The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. The understanding of that, the Bible says in Jude, uh, I forget what chapter that is. I'm going to look it up real quick. But in Jude, it says this. It says, some save with fear, pulling those from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Amen. We should be, our, our thought when it comes to sharing the gospel with someone else shouldn't be our, um, our you know, perceived fate, which by the way, I just already told you out of 100 people, maybe only three people reject me. So think about that. The odds are not very high that you're even going to be rejected. So first of all, your fears are not founded on anything. Um, your fears, a lot of times we have the tendency to kind of blow up our fears. Uh, every little old lady, um, the moment we feel like we're going to go witness to her, all of a sudden in our mind, we have an overactive imagination, right? In our mind, she turns into this like Goliath, this like the Hulk. She's just going to like rip you apart and feed your flesh to the birds, right? And it's just an overactive imagination, and think about this. When you share the gospel, you have to take yourself out of the equation. Because you are not worried about you. You're worried about them. It, you're not worried about you, what, what could happen to you, but what could happen to them. What could happen to them? The Bible says that they stand condemned already. Right? Uh, it's in John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. People love the verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever loves, whoever uh, believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But then keep on reading, it says that Jesus Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, because the world stands condemned already. So people are condemned. The death sentence has already been passed. Sin, the penalty of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is everlasting life. It's so easy, guys, to just kind of clock in and clock out and just go along with the monotony of life. You know, make sure your oils change every 3,000 miles in your vehicle. Go to work. Pay your bills. Uh, have family time. Go out and do a vacation. Stuff like that. Guys, we, were not, we, we do not exist for a monotonous, just going through the motions life. We exist for so much more than that, guys. God has saved you out of your sin. He's called you out of your darkness. He's made you a new creation. He's put his words in your mouth. He's given you the words of reconciliation, which is the gospel. He's given you a ministry of reconciliation to reconcile the world back to him. He's made you an ambassador for Christ. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it in the closet. But no, they put it on a stand to give light to the whole house, to give Give light to the whole city. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. You, the, the Bible says to go therefore and preach the gospel to the whole of creation. So guys, that's what you're called to do. Don't just live a clock in, clock out and just monotonous life. I mean, how, I don't know how many of you guys have a job where you just go in, you do your duties, you just can't wait to get off, you clock out and you never think about that job again. You want that. You want a job like that because why? You, you, you just want to make money and then go home and then do the rest of your life. The problem is a lot of times um, that mindset will trickle. If you're not careful, it'll trickle into the other uh, aspects of your life. And we do not want that to trickle into the aspect of your faith. Uh, guys, it's easy to fall into that. I've noticed. My wife was just trying to call me. She said, no, I'm doing a podcast. 
Anyway, um, I have noticed, I've trained many churches in evangelism, and uh, I've seen that while I was there, while I was there with my fire, with my inspiration, with me sharing with them how to share the gospel, I've noticed that that fire starts to kindle inside them, and they start to, to spread out their, their comfort zone. They begin to step out and do things they would never normally do. But in the power of God, they believe in faith that God's with them, and they do amazing things. They begin to share the gospel, see people come to Christ, see people, new people come to church. Uh, wow, it's amazing. A church will change. A, a community will change. But I've watched how they, just weeks away from that training, they'll begin to let that fire begin to fade. And what happens is we will revert back to what we know, what is comfortable for us. And what is that? Going right back to going through the motions. And there's a moment where we'll realize we'll miss the, the tug on the rod, so to speak. Because going out fishing is exciting when you get something, you get a fish on your hook and you start to, to, to feel that tug on the, on, the, on the hook and you get to see someone, you know, be convicted of their sin and you get to see someone hear the message of the gospel. It's exciting. And so that person that has tasted that before wants to go again. But then they can't find that fire within themselves to, to, to actually go. And so that's why we created this right here, this podcast, which is Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. I hope you'll join me on a daily basis. We also produce a blog, which you can get by liking my Facebook page, which you wouldn't be on this podcast if you didn't like my Facebook page. So you can also like our other Facebook page, which is Reach My City. Guys, we're in the middle of building an organization called Reach Evangelism Network. It's going to be a nonprofit organization. I'm still under Frontline Ministries, which is... um, uh, and a wonderful ministry I've worked for on staff for the last four and a half years. It's been an amazing blessing in my life. Um, but what we're trying to do in your life is inspire and equip you so that you will move with the gospel. We, we need you to touch people's lives. Guys, there are people out there that are waiting, that, that, that are connected with you, the believer, to hear the gospel. And guess what? Guess who the one needs to be the one that, that actually delivers that message to them? It's you. It's the one that's in their life. Amen? So, we're going to give you some more practical ways. I'm going to kind of break down how I overcome fear, uh, how I overcome, you know, uh, awkward moments when I begin to share the gospel and I feel like it becomes awkward. And so, some people are more awkward than others. I can get uh, you know, pretty awkward sometimes, but we're going to go ahead and get to the Bible trivia question of the night, guys. Uh, let me introduce the prize first. Tonight's prize is called The Atheist Delusion. It is a 40-minute film that is probably the most incredible film that Living Waters has ever made. It's one scientific question that completely destroys atheism. So I want you uh, to get your typing fingers ready because under this live feed in the comment section, you can actually comment the answer to this question. The question for tonight, it's a double question and like it was last night, uh, Renee won last night. You are able, you're eligible to win one time in in each week. So uh, tonight, get ready. Here is the trivia question. In the scriptures, There is a place where it talks about, there's actually two separate places, so either one is fine that you can answer. There's one in the New Testament, and there's one in the Old Testament. And what it does is it gives a description of the feet of those who carry the gospel. A description. What does it say about the feet 
of those who carry the gospel. The first one to answer is the first one to win the prize, and then we actually have a double prize, and that's a surprise prize. Uh, you won't know about that until you get it in the mail. So I will send it uh, by mail, and so after you answer and win, all you have to do is privately send me your address. Guys, I'll give you all a minute to answer. It's a describing word of the feet of those who carry the gospel. It's one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. The second question to win the surprise prize, and by the way, that's up for grabs. Uh, after the first person answers, um, one person can win the surprise prize or another person can win it. And here it is. I want you to give me the reference. Give me the reference, both Old and New Testament. What book and reference is that in? And whoever answers that first gets the surprise prize. So I'll let you guys answer. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Mary Ann, Matri uh Matrice and Christopher. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right, so I'm going to give you a little bit of advice about how I overcome fear. We talked earlier about uh, Ray Comfort's uh, great quote that says, um, in regards to evangelism, don't pray for less fear, pray for more love. If you're going to pray for more love, uh, the reason why you're doing that is because you want to overcome uh, what's actually bringing you this fear. What are we afraid of? In America, we're not afraid of being stoned. We're not afraid of being burned at the stake. We're not afraid of being arrested and put into jail and, and, and held uh, in front of a judge. No. Well, what are we afraid of? We are afraid of getting our feelings hurt. That's it. It's pride. We have a high opinion of ourselves, and we don't want anyone to look, at us, look down on us. We don't want to look like a fool for Jesus. That's it, guys. If you unveil that fear, what's behind it is pride. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Okay, we got some answers coming in. Christopher Vale says, your feet shy with the preparation of the gospel piece. No, that's not it. Oh, but Chris followed up with the right answer. Guys, the first answer was, how beautiful are the feet of them who carry the gospel piece. So that is the descriptive word is beautiful. Good job, Chris. Good job. That is the first answer, and you will receive a hard copy of The Atheist Illusion. We know that you, I know you've seen the actual one on YouTube. You're going to get a hard copy so you can distribute that and maybe give it to one of your atheist friends. I'm sure you can think of many that you can give it to. I might just send you a few copies of that. So the next one, the next question I'm waiting to get answered is this. I want you to give me the reference not only to the first place it's mentioned in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. So it's mentioned in two separate places. And what that means is, when it's mentioned in both places, what that means is, is the New Testament is actually quoting the Old Testament. So someone in the New Testament is validating the Scriptures. And every time it's mentioned in the New Testament, when it says Scriptures, or it says, as it, as, as it is written, it's actually talking about the Old Testament. So many people say, well, we live by the New Testament. We don't live by the Old Testament anymore. Well, guess what, guys? A lot of the New Testament is the Old Testament. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, but by the way, the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament. In fact, most of the, the, uh, the apostles and the ones who moved with the gospel and the New Testament constantly, constantly, constantly quoted the Old Testament. They would say, as it is written, or they would say, in the Scriptures. And that's what they were talking about, the Old Testament. So what that means is, where it talks about the feet that carry the gospel of good news, it's actually mentioning something that was written hundreds, if not thousands of years before, 
in the Old Testament. Amen? So this was already spoken before, and the book of what? Old Testament. So we got Christopher Vail answering the first one. That's the New Testament. All right, so Romans 10, 15. Is he right? Yes, he's right. So you are cloaked. Bam, you got it. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 is the answer. So Chris, not only do you win the prize, but also the surprise prize is coming your way. So guys, you will have a chance tomorrow to win the prize for tomorrow's prize. So you guys, make sure you join us on Thursday evening at 6 p.m. as well, because we're going to have an interview with Christopher Vell, which is an ex-atheist who gave his life to Christ here recently. I got an honor to baptize him, his daughter, and his son. You get to hear his story of being delivered from depression and the foolishness of atheism. Amen? So if you guys have any questions about anything I've mentioned tonight, um, I'd love to, to you know, dialogue with you and, and talk about some of these things. Uh, what, one thing that I want to do on this podcast is to give you some practical steps on how you can begin to step out. One of those ways is begin to greet strangers warmly. I know that sounds kind of strange, and it might sound like, man, that's such a basic step. But most people uh, are not like me. They can't just dive in. They just want to be you know, taken by the hand and kind of, let's put my toe in the water first and then kind of get my ankle in and then go up to my shin and my knee. And that's fine. And so the first step, begin to greet strangers warmly. What you'll notice when you greet a stranger warmly is that they will greet you warmly in return. If you say, hey, how, how are you doing today? Or uh, if you notice their name tag and say, hey, Chris, how's your week been? Man, sometimes people will be surprised that you said their name. They'll be surprised that you care about how their week's been. And I'm not saying that you have to go right into the gospel message or, or even hand them out a gospel tract yet. Just begin to greet strangers warmly, and you'll notice that they will respond to you and how you greet them. And that's one of the great ways about how to share the gospel. Begin, um, how to not get rejected. Begin on a good note. Um, and so I also uh, would like to encourage you, if you have friends that you'd like to share the gospel with or family members, begin to pray specifically for that family member to be saved. Number two, look for opportunities to serve them. Look for opportunities to be rich in good works, as the scriptures say, um, so that they can see uh, you know, they can see the God in you. You know, guys, it's, it's more than just having the right words uh, or having the right uh, approach with the gospel. It's about love. It's about them seeing Christ in you. Okay, so there's, there's, it's good to preach the gospel, but make sure there's love's behind it. Because look, it says about Jesus, it says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Amen? And so when he had compassion on them, he began to move with that compassion. And so we want to have that same compassion for individuals when we're speaking to them so they can see that we're not looking down on them, we're not you know, speaking down, you know, down at them, but they can see the love of Christ in us. So I do want to encourage you as well to get a, get a stack of gospel tracts. You can do that by going to uh, you know, livingwaters.com. Livingwaters.com has tons of gospel tracts you can get. I really want to encourage you to order a stack of the million-dollar bills. Those are what, that's what I use, and uh, you can begin with that. They're funny. It's a great way to, uh, to, to start a gospel conversation. A lot of times I'll say, hey, did you get your million today? <laughs> and people laugh at that or I'll say, hey, you look like a million dollars a day. Uh, or I'll say, hey, thanks a million, you know, for somebody that's serving me like at a gas station or, uh, you know, the, the person at the register or uh, a drive-through worker or whatever. And you can uh, pill out after that and get out of there. But you would, you would have, 
given them the gospel message. And so we want you to be faithful sharing the gospel. It's not about how many people you get to win to Christ. It's about how faithful you are in distributing the gospel message. Amen. So guys, I'm about to get off the podcast. We're about to end it right here. Be back tomorrow for more, more practical tips on how you can begin to share the gospel of Christ. You begin to touch the world for Jesus. Amen. So guys, let's be on the front lines of the spiritual battle for lost souls. Let's be about the Father's business. Let's not just live in the monotony of going to church and leaving church, but let's be about kingdom work, not just things that will last temporary. Guys, so many things are just temporal. I want to live for something that's going to last for eternity. Amen? It's worth it. Things that I live for, I mean, I might uh, one day get a, you know, have a, a nice house. I live in a trailer right now. But hey, I praise God for that trailer, amen? And one day I might live and, and have a nice house and, and uh, maybe a, even a bigger family, have a son or an, another daughter or uh, you know, get to build a great organization. But how long is that going to last? It's temporary. But things I do for Christ will last for eternity, amen? So do things not that will last for eternity, just temporal. Do things that will last for eternity, amen? It's a new mindset. It's to wake up and say, God, use me. God, today, I don't want to be uh, uh, blind to my calling. I want to answer my calling. And that is to preach the gospel, to touch the world for Christ. Guys, you can follow us, reachmycity.com. Love you guys. Have a great day.